Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Welcome to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. This is Mary Simon, and I am here with Elizabeth McNulty, Amy Gunn, Erica Slater, and Liz Lenevy. I have been brainstorming about another topic for this podcast and something that has come up recently among some of my peers is the question of whether to stay at the firm you are at or make a change. And I had read online this concept of pivot or persevere, which is essentially, do you make the change or do you stick it out at the firm you're at? And I have very, very little to no experience with this because I have been working here since I clerked in law school. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to get some feedback from attorneys who actually have had to make career changing decisions and kind of flush those decisions out for potential listeners who are in that same position. So to start out, I wanted to pose a question. And that question is, is it time for me to start looking for a new job? I can speak from my experience, which is I started at a mid-sized defense firm right out of law school. I really enjoyed the work that I did there. It was several miles from my home. It was in Illinois. We lived in Missouri. And I had a commute. It wasn't terrible, but I, but I did have a commute. And as I had been there three, four, into five years, what you learn as you're, the longer you're out is that you finally after, for me, it was about three years, felt like I was actually marketable. Like I knew something, had something to offer to an employer versus just feeling like I was learning things and not contributing very much other than just billing hours like a crazy person. And that's when you allow, at least for me, I allowed myself to say, is this where I want to be? For my career? Do I want to be at this firm? Do I want to be doing this type of work? Your mind starts kind of running through different scenarios. And you also, the more you're out and the more interaction you have with, with other law firms, you see, which law firms can I see myself? Where, where can I see myself? So for me, I had been out about five years and I was pregnant with my first child and was not looking for another job, but got a phone call from John Simon they had, this was in 2002, and so he and some partners had broken off from a different law firm and started their law firm about two years earlier, and they were looking to add another lawyer. And John and I had had a case against each other that had, actually two, that had resolved, and he called saying they were looking to add someone. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because I am a type of person that I, I'm happy in the moment. I make do, I make the best of it, and I really did like where I was and what I was doing. But then I had this opportunity to think about well, what else is there? And as I said, I'd always thought about what firms were out there that I liked, that I respected, and without question, the Simon Law Firm was at the top of that list. So getting the call was very intriguing. So I came over, I interviewed, and as I said, I was 30, 35 minutes away from home. By the time I got home that evening, I'd gotten an offer, and I really had to think about what the right thing to do was. And you have to think about what makes you happy. Where do you see yourself? 
what do you want your career to look like? And I wish I could say I was that introspective. I was not. I said, it's closer to home. Why not? (laughs) All things being equal, it's 20 minutes closer to my home and where my child was going to be. So I made the decision. So, so much of life is just timing and being in the right place at the right time. Now, I so I made the move and I'm still here. So that's the moral of that story is that sometimes you can be very thoughtful and deliberative about your decisions. Sometimes you can just decide which is closer to your home. It works out. <laughs> but when I speak to younger lawyers now who are either looking unhappy, looking to move, not in the right place, I do say, where do you see yourself? Do you want to try cases? Do you not really want to try cases? What kind of cases do you want to try? Do you see yourself in management of a firm? Look at the structure of the firm and see if there is room at the top. Are there? Are you going to make partner at some point? How long is it going to take you to make partner? There's so many variables that you need to weigh, and all those things are important. But sometimes it just comes down to where do you feel comfortable? is it your life's desire to try cases and you're someplace where you're not trying cases, then by all means, get out. Look for anything. If that's what you want to do and somehow you know that's what you want to do, then get out. Because if you're in a larger law firm, um, I think it's hard to get out after a few years. I think you get used to it where you are and what you're getting paid. And I think it's hard to get out. So know yourself and know what makes you happy. And I know that's not an easy question to answer. So this is Liz and I have a little bit of a similar background to Amy in that I was working at a mid-sized defense firm and I got a phone call asking if I wanted to join the Simon Law Firm and start doing plaintiff's work instead. And that was a very easy decision for me. But the reason was it was easy for me was because I knew it was an opportunity to do more in the courtroom. I got more opportunity to get out of my office and and meet with clients and actually get in front of judges and juries. And that's something that's very difficult just by the nature of defense work. And additionally, it was work that I got to do on behalf of clients I really wanted to represent. I like the idea of the David versus Goliath sort of way we see ourselves and that we're the little guy and we're really fighting for justice. And, you know, nothing against defense firms, but that's just sort of the imagery I've always had. And so it was a very easy decision for me to make coming back over to the plaintiff's side. But the way that I look at, you know, this this idea of is it time to to get out of whatever career and start looking for a new job is an explanation that I once gave to an expert witness. And this witness, who was an older gentleman, and he asked me a question along the lines of, you know, how'd you get in such a, a nasty business like litigation? You know, why, why would someone like you want to do a job like this? And my response was, because I have a lot of good days. And once I have more bad days than good days, then I'll know it's time to get out of this job. And I think this is true for any job. You're going to have bad days. You're not going to walk into work every day and love your job every day. That is impossible or you are deluded. So there, there's just going to be bad days. But I look at it as sort of an objective measure. Do I have more good days? And the ap- answer is absolutely. I, I have lots and lots and lots of good days peppered in with bad days. And if I start to see that tide turn where I'm leaving the office unhappy more and more, then I will have to, 
you know, reevaluate, is this something I want to do or is it, is it time for me to make a change? I wanted to throw this question out there uh, for the group. Is there a minimum amount of time that you would tell an attorney who says, I don't like my job and I think I want to make a change that you would, that you would tell that attorney, you need to stick it out for at least X amount of time before you really know if it's the firm or the job? I think yes. I don't know that I can say exactly how long that is, but I think you have to give it at least a year to go through the seasons, to go through. I mean, our cases are last way longer than a year most of the time. And I believe once you have a case and you see it from beginning to the end, that is the lifetime of a case. And if you've gone through every phase of a case with a partner, with the court, with opposing counsel, and you don't like any of it. You don't like your partner on the case. You don't like the opposing counsel. You don't like the court. You don't like your client. You don't like billing hours. You don't like whatever it is. And if you've lived that entire life of that case and really can't find any redeeming happiness in it, then I think probably you've given it your best shot. And I agree with that completely. And it that actually factored in a lot into my own decision-making at the beginning of my career. Um, So I'll step back a little bit. I started working for a plaintiff's attorney, a sole practitioner, when I was 15. And I just worked at their office after high school and actually kept that job during college breaks and summer and everything else all the way up to law school. So when I went to law school, I actually had eight years of working in the same plaintiff's firm. And, you know, they did car accidents and some workers' comp and a little bit of premises liability. So quite frankly, I had no idea what other type of law was out there other than litigation. So I, when I got to law school, I had no idea what transactional stuff was. I don't think I even understand it right now. But um, <laughs> so I knew I wanted to be a litigator and I knew I wanted to uh, do trial law. So it, my internships in law school, one of them was at the U.S. Attorney's Office. And then my other summer was spent here at the Simon Law Firm. And I feel that I was lucky enough to see litigators on each side, criminal versus civil, on the biggest stage you can be on. The U.S. Attorney, obviously, federal prosecutors, that's a huge stage, and they handle really important cases. The Simon Law Firm handles very large cases, large medical malpractice, large personal injury cases, and those cases and the um, verdicts that we were getting in those cases is the largest stage in civil work in, in the area. And so when I left law school, I just honestly wanted to get back to one of those places. So I didn't want to wait and have to be sitting in an office writing a bunch of memos for years before I even got to do a deposition. So I was excited to start at this firm. But one of the downsides about it was that there were not a lot of female partners at all that I saw. And the route to become a partner or stay there long term just wasn't clear and it wasn't communicated. So while I was getting terrific trial experience from some really, really good mentors and some really, really good trial attorneys, I was kind of doing what Amy was just talking about. I was making the best of the situation. I was getting the experience that I was so eager for, but at the same time, um, you know, the atmosphere and and the work was, it was really demanding. And, um, you know, your first couple of years are hard enough. So I was pretty sure I wasn't going to stay there long term. So I had two opportunities. I was at this firm for three years, and I had two opportunities where attorneys who at other defense firms who were 
co-defendant counsel with us on cases. They had seen my work because, you know, we were all involved in the same cases. They saw my writing and things like that. So I had two opportunities that I interviewed with different defense firms and got an offer from each of those firms. And Amy actually helped me navigate one of those because they it was the firm that she used to work for. So those would be two lateral opportunities. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And one of those opportunities came along probably when I had been practicing like eight or nine months. And I thought that that was way too soon to leave or to jump. Because one, I agree that I didn't have enough knowledge of that job and what I was doing and I didn't feel marketable. And, you know, I thought I'd just be doing the same thing at the other firm. The other opportunity came around after I had been practicing a little longer than two years. And I did start to feel more confident in my profession. And although the people that I would have been working with at that other firm were people that I really like and really respect and quite frankly still work against and work with here in our practice, the job wasn't exactly right. Specifically, it was like half litigation and half coverage work. So writing coverage opinions for insurance companies. And that seemed like a step back for me because I really just wanted to increase my trial work and opportunities to try cases. So in the end, and I wouldn't know this until 2014, in the end, I'm so glad I made those decisions and didn't jump for any opportunity as opposed to the right opportunity because, you know, one Tuesday morning, John Simon did call and it was 8.30, I remember very specifically, <laughs> and I don't get into work till 9, which was probably, you know, already my first ding on this process. Um, but John had left me a message and said, you know, call me when you get in. And I had worked for Amy, and Amy and I kept in good touch, you know, since I graduated from law school. And if there was anything that the Simon Law Firm needed from me or wanted to contact me about it, it would be through Amy. So the fact that John was calling, I was so excited and <laughs> maybe texted my wife in all caps after just listening to the voicemail, hey, baby, our life is about to change. <laughs> and she'll, she'll still tell that story. Like, I mean, in retrospect, thank God I wasn't wrong. Um, <laughs> But we went to lunch and we talked about me coming over to the firm and it was just such a great opportunity. And quite frankly, I had seen my career path. Either I was going to do everything I can to work and get back to the U.S. Attorney's Office or do everything I can to maybe get on the plaintiff's side and ideally with the Simon Law Firm. And I saw those paths as diverging. So in retrospect, I'm so glad that I waited and since I've come over to this side and been practicing on the plaintiff side, it's just been a really great experience. And I feel like after listening to all of you share, I've, I've taken away that a couple key factors in any job change in the legal profession is first, are you happy where you're at and are you happy with what you're doing? And second, asking yourself, am I at a firm that's moving my career in the direction that I want my career to go in? And the third piece that I've heard repeatedly that I'd, I think it'd be helpful for listeners to expand on a little bit is this concept of being marketable. I think all of you have said something at one point or another during your stories of, I, I wanted to become more marketable or at that point I was more marketable to other firms. What does that mean? I think it can, it means a couple of different things. As a younger lawyer, just starting out, it means that you can take a deposition. It means that you know how to write memos and 
motions and briefs and things like that. For someone a little bit older and a little more more experienced, I think it means, do you have clients? Do you have a book? Do you have a book of business that you can transfer with you when you go or look at looking at another firm? So as a young lawyer, it's you got to get that experience. You can't just walk in the door and be like, well, I learned a few things. I took one deposition in three years and paid really good attention. Otherwise, that's not going to knock the socks off of any law firm. And if you're at a law firm that it's just not in the cards for you to to jump in the deep end and start taking depositions and, and trying cases, there are other places that you can get that experience. The project, what's it called? MCRC? Yes, the MCRC project where you can pick up some criminal cases. That is a good way to really, I think as an employer, I would look at a lawyer who's been at a firm where maybe there's not that much opportunity to really get in and try cases. What other, what are you doing? Are you taking opportunities elsewhere? And I think that shows initiative and that shows what you want to do. If you walk in and you say, I really want to try cases. And I say, oh, okay, what, what have you done? And you're like, well, I mean, I, not, I don't know. I, I really want to. Well, I don't, how do you know? How do you really know? And I'm not doubting that you want to, but how do you really know? So it's about getting all the experience that you can. And, and I've had conversations with some of you at the table about when you were in law school looking for jobs. And the question is, where do I go where I get the most experience, where should I go? And I, I say, where are you going to get the most experience? It may not be the, the best few years of your life, but I'm telling you, when you're a young lawyer, I'm sorry, it's not really the employer's job to make the experience wonderful for you. Mm-hmm. It is a job, and you have a job to do, not only for your client, but for the firm, which is to be productive. This might sound harsh. It's not your firm's goal to make you happy. It is your goal to make you happy and for you to figure out what that is going to take. My husband doesn't love this, but I tell him, I'm not in charge of your happiness. I'm only in charge of my happiness. And I need to know what that is and what that looks like. And it takes time to really figure that out. And the same is true for a firm. We, we want a firm we want a firm where it's a it's a good place to learn, a good place to have camaraderie, but I expect you to do your job and to do it well, frankly. I mean, you need to show up and you do your job well. So to be marketable means that you've taken your job seriously up to this point, worked really hard at it, whether you like it or not. You show up and you get as much experience as you can. You learn what makes you happy. And then you can make some really informed decisions about your future. And I think, too, listening to you talk about that, Amy, the important thing to remember, especially as young lawyers start their career, is that those first couple of years are so hard anyway because you don't know what you're doing. It's I think it's very hard, and our profession is not unique in this. There are several you know, trades and professions that would have the same experience. But you spend every day not knowing what you're doing or doing something for the first time, which quite frankly is exhausting. Very uncomfortable. So no matter if you start at the most wonderful, respected firm in your area, you're getting paid six figures, you feel great about it. 
it's still going to be really difficult those first couple of years as you get comfortable and adjusted and until you feel marketable and that you have some experience under your belt. But it gets better. It does get better. Um, I also wanted to, I have a couple other questions that I wanted to ask as far as uh, factors in considering a firm when making a lateral move. But before I do that, I wanted to hear from Elizabeth McNulty. Elizabeth, your experience has been different than the other attorneys at this table because they all had been practicing before they came to the Simon Law Firm. And I just wanted to hear from you and, and how you ended up at Simon because I know that it was a little bit different than the attorneys who have already shared. Yeah, so I have wanted to be a lawyer for as long as I can remember. And because of that, I've been pretty calculated in my decision. So pretty much every major or minor decision I've made since probably I was you know, 15 has <laughs> been to get to where I am now. So I came to St. Louis, went to Wash U because that was going to be where I was going to have the most opportunity. I was going to be able to find the best job I could. My first year of law school, uh, it was around the time where we were applying for jobs and Wash U is really pushing that everyone, your first year, you need to find a job, you need to find a job. So you reach out to your networks because you really don't know anyone. I had a family, a friend who works at MATA. And, and I don't mean to cut you off. MATA is Missouri Association of Trial Attorneys. Yes, thank you. She wanted to connect me with some female attorneys in the area. I was like, sure, why not? I had already applied to the firm and I got set up to have lunch with Amy the same week. So I was having lunch with Amy and I guess I, I knew what she did, but I don't think that I'd put the two pieces together that I was interviewing at her firm that week. And it was like, oh, okay. And then I realized that obviously this is where I would want to work. So she was like, oh yeah, um, well, good luck at your interview. And I was like, wow, I, I hope she puts in a good word for me. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, didn't know. But yeah, I got an offer to work here. And, and you were a first year, right? Yeah. So I was, I was really for a clerkship. Yes. Okay. We usually hire two L's for our clerkships. Yes. So I was a one L and at that point I was like really excited to get an offer from a firm because no one, you know, it's really hard to work for a law firm in your first year of law school. And I didn't want to stay in St. Louis. So I was really just like, this is going to be really good experience and I'm going to be marketable forever for wherever I want to go after that. Little did I know about a month in, I was like, I want to do this forever. Like this is where I want to be. And, you know, I worked really hard and pretty much everyone's like, well, they don't hire. So you're going to have to find a job. And I was like, okay, it's fine. Because I knew no matter what, I was getting the best experience out of anywhere else. I didn't need to go look for another job during law school because this is where I was going to get the best experience so I could find a good job post-law school. Luckily, all the cards kind of fell into place and I got offered a job on October 18th, 2018. <laughs> uh, John, I got an email from Angela, I guess, that John wanted to talk Our to me. Our firm administrator. Yes. And I was so nervous because for some reason I had it in my head that he was going to be like, I know you want to work here, but I'm not offering you a job. I really just thought he was going to let me down easy. So, and then he offered me a job. I don't even think I let him get the sentence out. And I was like, yes, yes, I don't care how much you're going to pay me. I'll work here. Like, it's fine. So yes, my road hasn't been like others, but it, your first year, no matter where you work, I think is really hard. It doesn't matter. I mean, I work at probably the greatest place I possibly could and it still has its challenges. But like Liz said, the good days outweigh the bad, I think. So let me add real quick for our listeners so they can get to know Elizabeth a little better. Elizabeth, you very much earned your spot here. Sure. You were 
working here all the time. You were terrific at managing school and work. The chatter around the firm when you were hired is is how much you worked for it. There may or may not have been some fights about who you would work for. They, they, <laughs> they may still be going on. Ongoing. <laughs> and Elizabeth, I know that you had indicated too that you really liked working at Simon and, and the firm culture and it fit well with you. And it got me thinking about how important reputation is for attorneys, whether you want to stay at the firm you're at or you want to move. Reputation seems to be everything in the legal community, especially in a legal community as small as St. Louis. And with that being said, my question is, how much do you all think reputation a firm is a factor? How much do you weigh reputation a firm when considering whether to accept a job at a law firm or where you're applying? If you think it's somewhere you might want to be long term, I think it's incredibly important. Yeah, top of the list. But reputation is interesting because a, f a reputation to the community of a firm versus reputation to a, an individual lawyer who's had interaction with that firm could differ. So I would look at the firm and say, do I know, do I like the people that work there? Do I see myself, you know, hunkered down preparing for trial with any of these people? Do I see myself being partners with these people, sharing uh, decision-making for the firm, for my own career? Do, do I see myself there? And, and, any every firm is just it's just the compilation of the people that work there so firm reputation can precede itself and can last a number of years even though people in the firm change so before you make a decision like that just because you see these names on a firm you're like oh that's great do you really know any of the people there and how well do you know them and do you like them because it's, we spend a lot of time here Again, I don't look at a firm and say, this firm has to make me happy, but I do have to spend a lot of time here, and the happier I am with my surroundings, the better I'm going to do, the better work I'm going to do, the harder work I'm going to do. And it's interesting, Amy, you went with the perspective of, does this firm have a good reputation, and is that where I want to go? I look at this as a younger attorney, and my first thought is, does this firm have a bad reputation? And is that something that's going to follow me? Mm. A quick example, and I'm not going to name any names, but there was a person who graduated around the same time as me who was involved in something within her firm. Now, she wasn't directly involved. She was an intern. So it's, it's hard to say that she really knew what she was doing or, or, or had any direct involvement with that. But it still follows her around. And everyone at St. Louis is a small legal community. So especially if you are in an area where, you know, bad gas travels fast in a small town, <laughs> um, that's something that I think still follows her. And when she is around, then that's something that people bring up. Mm. Uh, even though, again, I don't think she had anything to to do with, with this particular um, scandal. But it is something that's attached to her. So I think that that's something you have to put a lot of thought into when you are a young attorney. And it's something that you may not know necessarily when you're in law school and you're interviewing because you, you don't know what firms mean. You don't know. It's just it's it's a bunch of names strung together with a couple commas in between it and then PC afterwards. So it looks <laughs> fancy and it looks cool. But I think it's worth if you're a law student talking to people other attorneys and, you know, running 
running them down, you know, this is where I'm applying or this is where I've got an interview. At least I try to be very honest when law students talk to me about where they're applying about, you know, this is a person you should try to work with, or maybe this is someone within the firm you should try to avoid. So I think that that's something you have to, you have to do your homework on it, but it's something you should keep in mind is what, how could this affect my career long-term if I have this associated with my name? So just going to throw that out there. (laughs) Understood. I will also say, since we're women lawyers talking about the law profession, I think it's important to take a look at the top and are there women in leadership or do you see no women in leadership and a whole bunch of women associates and the next time you check their website, there are different women associates that are there. And I don't think you should be afraid to ask those questions if you're truly interviewing to, to move your career to a firm and ask questions about what's my path here? Why aren't there more women in leadership? Where are we? Because I, I hate the numbers. I hate the statistics. But there are very few women equity partners in firms. It's under 20% in most firms. And I know it just takes time. And people have told me all, it just takes time. I've been out of law school almost getting close to 25 years. My class was 50-50. Where are we? We should be higher number than 13% of equity partners. And so not that this a totally, we've got another podcast for this folks. So (laughs) tune in, but I really think if you're looking to change firms and you're a woman and it's important to you to see yourself kind of what we've preached, look around and, and don't be afraid to ask questions. So it sounds like from this conversation that there are three main takeaways that any attorney either thinking about making a firm change or a career change, or one who's being presented with the opportunity to do so, needs to ask themselves three questions. The first is, are you happy where you're at and with what you're doing? Are you at a firm that's advancing your career path to be on the trajectory that you want to be on? And that you gotta be marketable because whether an opportunity is presenting itself to you or you're out seeking um, a change in career or firms, it, it always benefits you to be marketable. And with that, thank you for listening to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. Don't forget that you can submit questions or suggested topics at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And don't forget to hit subscribe and tune in to our next episode. Thanks everybody. Cheers. Bye. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by The Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.